Hello, and welcome to Chi Alpha Roundtable, the official podcast for Chi Alpha at the University of Oregon. My name is Cassie, and I'll be hosting today. Joey is back with me this week, which is great. How are you doing today, Joey? Do great. Good to be back. Woo! This is a good thing. Our topic today is becoming disciples who are growing in the practice of prayer. We've talked a bit about prayer in previous episodes, listening prayer when we talked about hearing God's voice, and a little bit about prayer in our episode on devotional life. But we haven't talked in depth yet about how to think about prayer and how to grow in this area of our faith. So that's our goal today, to discuss what prayer is, how to pray, different types of prayer, and how we can keep growing in our prayer lives. You know, short and simple stuff like that. This will probably feel a bit more like a survey course than a seminar, more about going wide about what's possible rather than going deep into one specific thing. But hopefully it will be enough to get you thinking about what next steps you could take to grow in your prayer life. So with that, let's get started. Okay, Joey, what is prayer? I think prayer at its heart is conversational. And in a lot of the same ways that you grow in relationship and build relationship with others through conversation, through listening to others, um, through sharing your life with them, uh, it's similar, I think, with our relationship with the Lord is that it's a, it's a conversation. If our lives of following Jesus is about getting to know Jesus more and, and allowing him to shape me, then we need to be in conversation with, with Jesus. And so prayer is the means by which we do that. It's, uh, it's going to require us listening to Jesus speak to us. It's going to require us speaking to Jesus, um, and it's going to um, involve being in conversation with him. So that's what, what comes to mind for me when I think about prayer. Yeah, I think it's conversation with God. Um, it's not just a conversation with the universe, right? It's specific and pointed and personal. Yeah. I remember asking a question when I uh, was just starting to learn how to follow Jesus, like, who can I pray to, in essence? Am I always praying to God the Father, or can I pray to Jesus, or can I pray to the Holy Spirit, even? And I remember my core facilitator looking at me and being like, you know, I've actually never thought about that question before, but yeah, this is God. You can talk to Jesus, you can talk to the Holy Spirit, you can talk to God the Father, and build relationship with God as a whole. But it's, it is personal in the sense of you're praying to a specific person. And that's, that's an element of conversation too, right? You're not just talking to someone in general, but you're talking to a specific person. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times in the, uh, the perceptions of God can be that he's really distant. And so I think that even can influence our views of prayer that we are praying, hoping that some far off distant God wants to speak to us, but mm-hmm. he, he's the God that left, you know, left heaven to come be with us. Um, you know, we just celebrated Christmas not too long ago and we celebrated Emmanuel, God with us. And so even the way we think about prayer is a sense of, we are speaking to a God that deeply wants to be in relationship with us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some people do get their start being like, okay, I'm praying to this non-specific sure. God, but then God in his personalness bridges that and reveals himself to those people. Um, I think too, like, as we're talking about conversation, not every conversation involves words. Um, so we might tend to think of prayer as talking, um, as like trying to communicate all of these specific ideas, but prayer can also be just sitting in silence, uh, before the Lord, or it could involve listening to him, or it could involve even just like the posture of bowing. Um, and we don't always think about those things as prayer, but if we're doing that with an acknowledgement of God's presence, then it can be prayer. It's part of our conversation, part of our relationship building process. Yeah. 
when I was in college, we had a closet that we called the prayer closet, and it definitely included many other knickknacks in there as well. But we did put a chair in this very cluttered closet. And uh, I, I think in our like lives, when we are so consumed with noises all the time, a helpful part of prayer is exactly that, that like going into a closet, going into somewhere and maybe not doing anything, like mm-hmm. fighting against the tendency to be productive, to even like prayer even has to be productive. But I do find that refreshing that prayer can even have a sense of quiet and listen and unproductive at some level. Mm-hmm. Productive, just not in the way that we yeah. like to think of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's redefining what productivity yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. As like relationship building and peace, <laughs> like yeah. uh, not inner peace in this weird, like new agey meditative sense, but peace in the sense of I'm with, with God and that's good. Yeah. And I don't have to be doing something else to have value or to, to bring value into the world. You just have to be careful not to fall asleep in the closet. Yeah. Have well, it a few times. Don't yeah, do that. Yeah. 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 Sleep is not prayer. <laughs> <laughs> That's the exception yeah. to these things. Yeah. Sometimes we talk about prayer as like, this is just something we do. But as Christians, I think it's also something for us to grow in. Um, it's not something that we ever master in a sense. It's like, because it's a relationship building process, it's like we have to continually grow in that and invest in that. If I take a year off from prayer, I'm not going to just come back in where I was. You know, I'm actually, I've done something different in my relationship with the Lord that's probably not good. So I think it's important for us to think of it, not just as a good practice, but also kind of as a skill that we grow in and that we need to continue to press into. Because in the as we do that, we will grow in our relationship with God. Yeah. I also think... I think that was a helpful point to know that, yeah, you don't like conquer prayer. You don't achieve, you know, uh, a certain level of prayer. And I think, you know, sometimes it's our own doing, um, our decision to not pray that can influence it. But also, you know, the longer I follow Jesus, I realize there's different stages of life that influences mm-hmm. what my prayer life looks like. Yeah. And so and I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more, but having three kids influences the way my relationship is with Jesus and it influences the way that I pray and when I pray and how I pray and, and what kind of things are refreshing to pray. And so, um, so I think, I I feel like that's a really underrated point that you just made is that prayer can look different now than it will in a couple years when you graduate, Mm -hmm. when your life changes. And so I think that's a helpful expectation to have as we think about prayer. Yeah. So let's think about this in terms of scripture. What does scripture teach us on prayer? Probably the most uh, well-known would be when Jesus's disciples asked him to teach them how to pray. And he taught them a particular prayer that we now refer to as the Lord's Prayer. There's two different versions of it recorded in the Gospels in Matthew and Luke. And the Matthew version goes like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's where the text stops in Matthew, um, but many people today would add a final line, which is, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So looking at this prayer, what are some things that you think Jesus wants us to take away from his teaching? What I appreciate about this is there's so many stories in which Jesus people come to Jesus and they ask 
about a specific topic or something. And so many times, instead of giving another an answer, Jesus gives a question or something. And this time he's like, you want to know about prayer? Sure, let me teach you. Yep. That's, that's, oh, so refreshing. <laughs> you answered the question, Jesus. Thank you. And, uh, and I, man, what, I don't know if there's a better place to start if you haven't spent time praying to pray this, to like study this, wonder why each of these things are a part of the prayer that Jesus includes. Like he, there's intentionality with each line. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's got to be a reason why he includes each part um, of this prayer. And so I've actually, I mean, I've followed Jesus my whole life and I've been trying to actually come back to this prayer more and, and pray it more often throughout different experiences that I have and not neglect this prayer. Because I think there's even maybe a richness to us, to this of like, I think in the business world, you can have like teams and companies can have vision drift where you are get so caught up in what you're doing that you forget like why you're even doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I, I think one way in the sense that Jesus helps his followers stay on track is through prayer. And he's given the outline of like, Hey, let me help you be wary of vision drift and start being about things that you're not supposed to be doing. Like, this is what you're about when it comes to follow me. And, uh, and so even, even I've tried to incorporate in my life, my kids are starting are starting to like teach them like what it looks like to pray. And so this is the place that we've been starting. And so um, I just think it's refreshing to have something if you've never prayed before, but even if you've followed Jesus for a long time, like don't neglect this prayer because Jesus just had a real intentionality about this and there's a richness to it. And I think, I think we'll be blessed by praying this prayer. Yeah, I think it's it's helpful that you can pray these exact words and know that you're you're praying in a way that's aligned with God's will. Yeah. <laughs> right? We don't always have that yeah. <laughs> reassurance. Yeah. Um, well, so often, right, we yeah. can get into following Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think an often uh, common question is the sense of like, but how? Yeah. Or where do I start? Yeah. yeah. And this feels like, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you can also take it and use it as a template, right, to that's walk true. through each the, the gist of each line, <laughs> to use that word. Um, but like, okay, our Father in heaven, I'm acknowledging my relationship with God, and it's shaped like a kid relating to their father. So I can reflect on that line, but then I can put it in my own words too and think about what that means to me. Like, what does it mean to me that I'm God's daughter adopted into his family, right? And I can pray in response to that. Or I can take the line, give us this day our daily bread, right? It's not give me everything that I need, Lord. It's give me what I need for today. That like teaches me to be focused in the things that I'm asking for, not to worry about tomorrow because I can ask for that tomorrow. <laughs> but what do I need for today? Um, not in a short-sightedness way, but in a, in a like, I can continue to rely on God day by day type of sense. So I think there's a lot of a lot of richness in these words, but then there's also something to be gained by taking these words and saying, okay, in my context with my words, how does that shape my relationship with the Lord and remind me of what it should be too? That's super helpful. I, I think gets back to that idea of like trying to understand what is so significant about each part of this prayer that when you can unpack it line by line and try to put it in your own words or contextualize it to your context, I think this prayer just becomes richer. I feel like a common question that comes up from students in this prayer is and can sometimes be like really confusing and maybe cause someone to be, why do I even pray this anymore? Um, is that line, forgive us as we forgive others. I'm curious, Cassie, as you've walked with students for a handful of years, 
What's been your response to that question when, when students have come up to that, that part of the prayer? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have a go-to response, but I have thoughts, <laughs> so I can share some thoughts. Perfect. Um, I think it's really interesting that Jesus goes out of his way to include it, right? Because he easily could have said, and forgive us our sins, right? Forgive us our debts, forgive us what we owe to you, Father God. And he, instead, he goes out of his way to say, forgive us as we also have forgiven others, as we've forgiven the people who owe us, in a sense. Um, and I think it's this reminder from Jesus of, like, don't just pray and ask for things that you're not willing to do in your treatment of others. It goes back to the the idea of, like, the way that we love others is really a reflection of if we actually love God. If we love God, God will lead us to love others and to forgive them the way that we've been forgiven. And so I think of it as not necessarily like Jesus trying to call people out and say, well, if you're not forgiving people, God's not going to forgive you. Although there kind of is that underlying sense in this line. Um, But it's a reminder of there's actually, we have responsibility in this situation too. It's not just the free thing that we get from God. That's not, it's not transactional in that way. It's that we need to be living up to our own responsibilities because God's grace actually demands something of us. It's not just a free gift in that sense. It's a it's a free gift for a purpose so that we can go and love others the way that God wants us to love them and yeah. does love them. That's good. It's definitely a reminder that this thing is not a me and Jesus kind of following Jesus, but it's a we and Jesus. And for us to like do the we part, mm-hmm. it's going to require forgiveness because we're all broken and hurt yeah. each other. And it's going to, it's, it's just a reality. It's like an assumption that like, mm-hmm. You're gonna want to forgive other people just the way that you want to be forgiven. So or you should <laughs> get get used to that kind of culture in my kingdom, yeah. in my family. Yeah. yeah, I love that in this. Like every time I pray this prayer, I have to heart check myself: Am I actually forgiving other people the way that I'm asking God to continually forgive me as I mess things up? Right. Have I done that? And if I haven't done that, then maybe it's wrong for me to be praying this kind of prayer because I need to get right with other people to really honor the gift that God has given me. Mm-hmm. That'll preach. Woo. Thanks, Jesus. (laughs) He preached at me. (laughs) It was good. Yeah, I love this. I love this whole thing. Like just the different movements, the different elements to prayer that Jesus includes. And as we incorporate more elements, and we'll talk about that a little bit with the Psalms, but um, as we incorporate different kinds of elements into our prayers, our, our relationship with God grows. It gets richer. Just like if you have one friend that you only play video games with, you know, there's there's a limit to how far you can go. But as you do other things with them, as you have other kinds of conversations, you know, that relationship will grow. And Jesus really invites us into this holistic relationship with the Lord, I think, through this prayer. So with that, let's talk about the Psalms. The Psalms are another place in scripture where there's a lot that we can learn about prayer. After all, Jesus was familiar with the Psalms and they informed his own prayer life. As you've looked through this book, as you've read different psalms or prayed different psalms, what have you learned about prayer from engaging with them? Man, the psalms are uh, the psalms are special to me. I the backstory behind the psalms for me is it was a handful of years ago, seven or eight years ago. Um, I was a few years into being a Kaiapha pastor, and uh, I was actually out of Kaiapha winter camp. At the camp, I felt like prompted to begin reading the Psalms as a part of my like personal devotional life with Jesus. So shout out devotional life podcast. And uh, up until that point, I'd usually just in my in my devotional life would like try to read 
you know, X amount of chapters or something. But I felt like when I was going to read the Psalms, I was going to read a Psalm a week. So rather than like trying to conquer a book or something, <laughs> it was more so, more so soak in the Psalms. And there's a lot of them. And there's a lot, 150. I didn't want to take too much time and think about how long I was going to be in the Psalms. But I, was, I felt like I need to be in the Psalms in one week so that I was hearing the same thing over and over again and just soaking in it. And what I didn't know is like in the next month or two, my mother-in-law would be diagnosed with stage four cancer and then four months later pass away. And the Psalms became, I mean, backing up a little more, like this, up into my life of following Jesus, I, I wasn't very naturally gifted at acknowledging the emotions that I would feel. I kind of anticipated following Jesus was you kind of didn't feel hard things because you're f- supposed to feel joy all the time. And that's what it meant to follow Jesus. And that's not true. And that's not true. <laughs> and, uh, but I just didn't realize that. And so when things were hard, I just would kind of work life over it, put a stick, a uh, bumper sticker on it, put a bandaid on it and move on. But you can't really do that when you experience major grief in your life. And so the Psalms like became this place that gave me words to pray. And it was like emotions that I'd never knew or never recognized in my life or I didn't know how to communicate and the Psalms gave me words to do that. Something that another Chi Alpha pastor told me about the Psalms, which hopefully Cassie, it's okay to say this word on the podcast, but um, every Psalm has a but. Get all your giggles out here for a second. (laughs) Every Psalm has a but and often most Psalms will like have a really raw emotion piece to it. I mean, seriously, go start reading through the Psalms and you'll realize like I've never... I've maybe actually not heard a Christian pray this vulnerably before and been this honest, but it is pure honesty about feeling distant from God at times, feeling like he doesn't care about what's going on, feeling these deep emotions of anger or grief or sadness um, or a sense of injustice. And sometimes the, almost the whole Psalm can be that, but every Psalm, even I've, I've seen Psalms where it's just one verse tucked away in the middle has this one or two line, but in it. And it's usually what comes with the but is a truth about God's character. Mm-hmm. And so the Psalms gave me permission in my prayers to be completely open and vulnerable and honest with the grief that we are experiencing, the emotions that I experience. It helped me appropriately put my emotions where they're supposed to be, not shoved deep down in a corner somewhere, but like actually express my emotions in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And while at the same time, even if I only had like a single line, but God, you're still good, mm-hmm. but God, you care. Yeah. And sometimes that was all I really could do. I mean, sometimes that was hard enough to say one line mm-hmm. and remembering the truth about God's character. But the Psalms gave me a permission to actually be okay with that. Mm-hmm. That there are moments in our lives, there are seasons in our lives where they're going to be filled with a lot of deep emotions mm-hmm. that we don't know what to do with. And um, we're actually invited to pray to a God that says, bring all of your emotions to me, and I'm not actually going to be offended by them. Mm -hmm. Actually, I prefer your honesty. I prefer you telling me Mm -hmm. that you don't think I'm near you. That takes, in my mind, like that actually takes a lot of gut on God's part to give us permission. Like I, I think of, you know, business majors, I think of business world all the time. Like I don't, I can't think of many CEOs that invite that kind of honesty about like that kind of critique of their leadership. Yeah. But God says like, bring that to me, mm-hmm. bring that to me and I'm okay with it. Just know, I mean, I, I'm here with you. 
mm-hmm. but bring me all the things you feel. And so the Psalms just have this deep, deep part of my life that I just come back to. And I, I feel like anybody mentions the Psalm and I just go, oh. <laughs> like it's like a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. They're reassuring to me. So anyway, I'm going to talk more about the Psalms, but I'll stop there. <laughs> what, what's been your experience with the Psalms? Yeah. I, well, just going off of what you said, I think there's something really special about God giving us words to communicate with him. Right? The Psalms were written by different people, but we believe that all of Scripture was inspired by God. And God, you know, made a way for it to be included in our Bible so that we could see, no, here's here's what I'm inviting you into. And I think about that and, and the gutsiness of God in some sense. But him being like, I'd rather have this honest conversation with you where you tell me you're angry or afraid than for you to like fake it all the time, you know, and just be the be the happy, joyful Christian. No, I want you to be honest and raw, because if you don't, like, you don't have an outlet for that. We actually can't work through it until you bring it to me. Just like with another person, if you, like, go off and gossip, but you don't talk to the person who hurt you, you know, you won't resolve it. You're not making things better. And I just love that about God, that he's like, no, I want to resolve this with you, which means you have to come to me and be willing to share so that I can can go back and, you know, pour into you and show you that I'm still good and that I'm still faithful And I love that that's where the but comes in of so many Psalms of here's this truth that you can hold on to, even when it doesn't feel like you can believe it. Someday you're going to experience that if you choose to to continue to come to me. And I think that's really powerful. Hmm. Like we can be honest about our complaints and our doubts, even not just our emotions, but the the questions that we have, which I think is really cool. I think the Psalms are helpful as well because they give us a variety of types of ways to pray as well. There's mm-hmm. some that are some that are deep laments, which is like a deep, deep sense of like grief that I'm I am like pouring out mm-hmm. um, as I pray. Some are praises. I mean, you you'll find some Psalms that maybe don't have any buts because they're mm-hmm. you know a moment in someone's life and when they're just celebrating how blessed they are. Mm-hmm. And so, so just knowing too, I, I think if we spend time in the Psalms, we'll also grow our ability to pray in different ways. Mm-hmm. I, I, what I find often with people that begin to follow Jesus is usually it's like a request. It's like a <laughs> yeah. put in my, my Grubhub order kind of thing and hope that the Lord meets me in that, which I don't yeah. think is like an inappropriate thing to pray, mm-hmm. but it's just not the gamut and the beauty, like the full diversity yeah. of of types of prayer. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's almost like getting into a room with all these ancient authors mm-hmm. and just observing the ways that they interact with Jesus and the way that they pray to God. And just, you learn from like watching. Yeah. And so we just get to like walk into this room of 150 prayers <laughs> that people have prayed for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I've been really challenged in that when I've read through the Psalms, because it's so easy to go to requests even on other people's behalf. And it's not bad to do that, right? Jesus invites us to ask and to seek and to knock um, and to pray for other people. Like those are good things. But then I go and read the Psalms and I'm like, it goes beyond requests. It goes beyond Thanksgiving for meeting those requests. And there's so much praise. I think praise is something I find really hard when I, when I go to pray, because I have to remember all these truths about God. It's not just saying, thank you, God, for this thing. It's I praise you, God, because you are faithful in every situation. I praise you because you're just and you bring justice into the world. Like there's just so many things that I would never think to do unless I was challenged by the Psalms. Like, no, you can pray just truths about who God is and that builds your relationship with him and reminds you of those things when it's hard. 
Yeah. So I just, I love that. I created a little list of like, here are some different types of prayer we see in the Psalms. So feel free to use that as a jumping off point. But Thanksgiving, praise and worship, lament, like Joey was talking about, requests, there are request Psalms, meditation on certain truths, um, like about who God is, and then confessing and repenting of sin. And there's more, but those are kind of six different categories that we tend to see a lot of the Psalms falling into. Um, and if there's one that you don't do very often, like find a psalm that matches that type of prayer. And it might really challenge you to take this next step of trusting God with that area of your life. Um, so we've talked about some different types of prayer, some different things that we can incorporate into our prayer lives. But what are some other ways that we can grow in the skill of prayer or that you think Jesus would challenge us to grow aside from just trying different things? What are some other worthy goals as we pursue this for the rest of our lives? Well, I think our goal just needs to be that we're, we're here to like learn about Jesus. Prayer is a sub goal of that or is a means to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I want to get to know somebody, I'm going to have to spend time with them and speak to them and communicate to them. So the goal is to know Jesus. But I think, you know, back to your, your original question, like how, how well do you want to know Jesus? Just like how much do you want to know someone else, a friend or someone you want to date? Yeah you got to spend time with them. So how often do you want to pray? Set yourself a goal. And it's okay if you've never prayed before to set a goal of like, I want to pray one time a day or something. You know, you don't have to go from A to Z in, in, um, in the blink of an eye. And so I do find it helpful, you know, like with anything that you want to be better at, like setting yourself some type of like, I want to grow in prayer. So I am going to read a psalm. Mm-hmm a day or a psalm a week. And the nice thing about a psalm a week is there was definitely days I would miss reading it, but I still had, you know, six other days that I could get caught up. So praise the Lord for that grace. And so set yourself some kind of like, what kind of frequency do I want to do this? What kind of ways in which do I want to pray? Maybe I pray in this sort of way predominantly, but I want to expand Mm -hmm. how I want to pray. I, I think one of the things that we didn't really get to earlier, when we pray, I find it does a lot of work in us and yeah. that it, it like is acknowledgement of that Jesus is King in my life. Like he's not only my friend, but he's, I'm also coming to the King of my life. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense of really good, helpful humility that comes when I pray. Mm-hmm. I think prayer is just good for us in that way that like my life is, does not revolve around me and the things that I'm doing. And so, um, if I really want to follow Jesus well, how do I spend significant amount of time in praying to the God that wants to direct my life? Yeah. You know, and that's going to look different for each of us. It looks different um, from me as a dad, a husband, um, as a 33 year old, you know, than someone in college. And so it's contextualized to each of us and how we follow Jesus. But man, if you are very serious about following Jesus and you really want to get to know him, then then challenge yourself in prayer. I think it's like just one of the best ways that you get to get to know the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Paul was writing to the Thessalonians, he said, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So not only the, the rejoicing, the experiencing God's presence, but also the prayer. This is also God's will for us that we would be in constant communication with him. So wherever you're starting, start there. But I think a helpful goal is that we continue to press into prayer, that it's not something that falls by the wayside. It's something that um, we do more often when things are hard or we do more often as we try and grow in our relationship with Jesus. Like it's just it's one of those things that shapes our hearts, as Joey said. Um, So the more we press into it, the more helpful it will be. 
And I'd say to pray with other people. I mean, mm-hmm. the nice thing about prayer is that it's one of the most mobile things you could ever do. And mm-hmm. so we can pray to the Lord at any time and just about any context. And, um, but you know, just like we talked about with the Psalms, like it's kind of like getting into a room of all these people that have prayed for years and you learn something by observation, like mm-hmm. be around other people that you, you like really admire their lives of following Jesus and ask to pray with them and yep. learn not as a sense of like prayer is not a performance. So you're not trying to achieve a certain performance type of prayer. In fact, Jesus is like very adamant against that kind of prayer, but hearing people like the things that make people tick in their relationship with Jesus often comes out in their prayers. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing someone else that said, and he had followed you. I mean, he's probably in his sixties and like lived a lifelong faithful journey of following Jesus. But he said, I never turned down an opportunity to pray. If I, if, if I go to a church and there's a prayer team in the front, it doesn't matter how I'm doing in life. Like I don't need a prompting. I just have decided that I just, if someone's willing to pray for me, then I'm going to go and pray. Mm-hmm. And that's always inspired me to be like, you know, no matter what season of life, you know, I don't need to just ask for prayer when life is hard, when life is good. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to just do it on my own. Like I just, there's a chance to pray with someone else. Like take that opportunity to do that. Yeah. Especially if they've communicated a need, Right. Like sometimes someone who's not a Christian will be like, hey, I'm sick, you know, and you have the opportunity to initiate and say, well, hey, can I pray for you? Um, And I think sometimes there's this concern in our culture that like a Christian offering to pray is like them offering to do nothing for you, like saying that they don't actually care. But right, if we really believe that prayer is communication with God and is bringing a request or a concern before him so that he will act in ways that we can't. It is a loving thing for us to do, to go and pray with someone, whether they're a Christian or not. You know, give them a choice. <laughs> Don't just do it. Um, and if they say no, respect that and then go pray for them on your own, you know. But I think we can be people who initiate and ask. And that often opens a door for God to work in someone's life in ways that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't, like, specifically brought that to him and asked for him to intervene. Mm-hmm. That's good. I think that reminds me of when I... Again, when I first started following Jesus and I had all these questions about, like, what is prayer? What, how do I do this properly? I had this question of, like, what about praying out loud? Because I was in Chi Alpha and all these people were doing that. And in the church background I came from, like, only the pastor did that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, aside from as a family, and I would, like, recite off probably 20 different names we would pray for every night. The only kinds of prayers I really heard were from my pastor. And so I I come into core and here's all these people who are praying. And I'm like, "Uh, is that like, okay? Is it okay for me to pray out loud? Because it seems like this kind of personal thing. And I got even more confused when I went to scripture because I read these verses from Matthew, Matthew 6, 5 through 8. And Jesus is teaching and he says, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. So I read that verse and I was like, well, I'm not supposed to pray in public. Like, I need to go pray in my prayer closet, you know, as Joey's talking about. So why is this okay? Are we just like ignoring what the Bible says? And in processing with people, I came to realize, oh, the context for that verse is Jesus is talking about people showing off. And here's all these people who are not really praying. They're not really praying in order to build relationship with God. They're praying to show off to all these people about how religious they are. So I think there is an invitation for us in there to pray for other people. I think as I've, as I've learned to pray out loud, I've seen the fruitfulness of that. 
Like when you pray with someone, they're touched. They're like, wow, you actually care about me. <laughs> you know, this is a really good thing if we trust that it's a good thing. Uh, but also there's an invitation there of remember why you're praying. Um, don't just do it to show off or especially if you think about someone who's new in your core and maybe you've been around for a long time, you've been praying your whole life and you're offering to pray for them. Well, are you going to pray this lengthy prayer that they couldn't replicate? Or are you going to pray a very simple prayer that communicates, you know, that you really hope God will work in their situation, but it's something they could actually do. I think there's a, there's a discipleship thing here where we can say, okay, I'm going to try and match what is loving to this person. And what's loving to this person might be, I tone down my prayer skills <laughs> so that they can actually be invited into this relationship with God. So I say all of that to be like, if you're someone who feels a little uncomfortable with this praying out loud thing, take that to God and ask him about it. Ask him what he thinks about it. And uh, my encouragement would be that you do try it. Try praying out loud for someone and see how that goes and see how God works through it. Because I think we have to take that step of faith, like, no, this is a good thing, even if I'm a little uncomfortable and I've never done it before. And through that, God will move. I think the, the, the last thing that comes to mind in regards to your question is for those maybe that have followed Jesus for a little bit more or feel more confident praying out loud and they're trying to figure out next steps in growing mm-hmm. in their prayer life is, um, like you kind of alluded to it, is that sense of like, praying for someone else and maybe praying for a stranger. Mm-hmm. And this is like, real. this is still even intimidating for me. I've grown a little bit more accustomed to it, like in our alpha meetings, like being willing to go and maybe I see somebody during a worship time and I feel like, oh, I should just go and ask if they need prayer. And that's gotten a lot more comfortable throughout the years. But sometimes I, I put my Chi Alpha life in one box and then my like rest of my life in another box. Mm-hmm. And so actually without even know, realizing we were talking about this a little bit ago, I was Sunday morning at church and I saw a guy like kneeling during our worship time. And he was very clearly, at least unless he was falling asleep, but very clearly like praying to the Lord. And I just was like, dang, I don't want to go over there and, and, and like offer a prayer for this guy. Mm-hmm. But I felt convicted by that, like, Joey, you like really put your Chi Alpha experience in one area and you kind of like have this other part of your life. And so I handed off my baby and I walked over there and I just, I just said like, Hey, is there anything I can pray for you for? My name is Joey. And, and, uh, and he shared about just about his life and things that have been really difficult recently. And, uh, I never know, you know, I never know when I go ask somebody for prayer, how much it really resonates with them. I mean, I, I think at the base level, usually it's a positive experience, but you, you just never know. And after the service, like even his wife, like came up to me and just said, Hey, thank you so much mm-hmm. for praying for us. It's been a really difficult season. And I just didn't, I just would have missed out. I was really convicted that I would have missed out on really blessing these people in my mm-hmm. local church community. If I had just opted for the comfortable thing, mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it's challenged me to be, have more eyes to see the people around me. And I want to be better on, about on campus too. Like, I think that's, you know, that's still intimidating for me of offering prayer. But I do think there's a level of like those that don't follow Jesus of, of a mass amount of people in our culture. There's still like a, a sense of like prayer is decently well received. Yeah. You know, maybe we start coming with Bible verses. They have a hard time, but but we offer prayer, and there's it's actually usually not met with like a sense of like back away, you crazy Christian. Um, they might think you're crazy, but they they might not be trying to throw you out. And, and I think about it recently, like 
for those of us in the sports world, in the football world, recently there was a, a player that almost died on the field. And it was interesting to watch how so many people in the sports world, those that would follow Jesus, but those that wouldn't, they didn't really know what to do with that situation except for pray. Mm-hmm. And to me, that just says that there's something profound about prayer that people still long for it, even if they don't know that it's an option for them mm-hmm. and, uh, and that there's still something about it that still is well received in our culture. That is a blessing to the people around us. I mean, it would be a blessing even if they didn't want it, but it's even like a welcomed blessing. And so there might be the occasional experiences. People don't want you to pray for them, but I, I do think it's like even a level of like outreach and caring for our campus is to be people that offer prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, man, I think, when we do that, there's just a certain level of trust that Jesus is going to come through big time in our in our offerings of prayer to the to our fellow students. Yeah, there's a Chi Alpha axiom like never miss an opportunity to pray for someone, and I think that's just it's so hard because it you is. will miss opportunities and you'll it be is. like I'm kicking myself. I should have prayed for that guy or that girl when they shared something with me. I should have prayed with them, but as we like. Hopefully that prompts us sometimes if someone shares a need or they share, hey, I'm having a really hard time. At least if we have that axiom in our heads, like it'll prompt us and we have to make a choice. Am I going to be faithful and trust and try and step out in this situation or am I going to hold on to it and regret it later? I think we need we need that reminder so often because we have all these opportunities. We just have to be confident enough to step into them. Yeah, that's good. Never miss an opportunity for prayer. Woo. Joey, it seems appropriate that we would end this podcast episode in prayer. I feel like we would be missing a real opportunity uh, if we did not. I think so. So let's do that. Uh, let's just close with the, the Lord's Prayer. Let's do it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Thank you, Father, for all that you've done for us. Amen. Amen. Thanks for recording with me, Joey. And thank you, listeners. We would love to talk more about this with you in person. So as always, feel free to bring your questions, because we would love to help you grow in prayer as we all follow Jesus together. May God bless you this week, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you.